from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Aaron Cadano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. Ah, this is all my spooky children. It's the AMFC-inspired spooky Halloween episode. Hi, everyone. It's us, and we're making all my spooky children. It's our annual Halloween spectacular. We take your spookiest listener-submitted prompt and spin it into a horrifying original fantasy character, world detail, location, whatever, and use it to haunt our fantasy world we've called fantasy. And it's spooky. It's so scary. Jeff, what were you working on in the lab last night? Uh, what I was working on in the lab late last night was uh, the secret to some, some, some Philly success, because Philadelphia is currently a city on fire. It is. Both literally and figuratively, the poles have been greased. Let it begin. <laughs> we have greased the poles. It is. It is it tis the season. Wait, why? Can you explain why for people who might not know? Yeah, <laughs> let like, me can we look up how hilarious that says was. Without any, if you just moved on <laughs> to city on fire, the poles have been greased. I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> so the Eagles are undefeated. Yeah, we're six and zero. Oh. The yep. Phillies, at the time of this recording are like three hours removed from being from getting into the world series that's correct uh the philadelphia union are about a week away from playing in the eastern conference final uh the flyers i believe may also be undefeated at this point damn there's a power gritty uh the sixers were undefeated in the preseason and that's as far as we're going to talk about that because we're we're hoping that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna turn it around we're trusting the process on the sixers one must trust the process. And uh, it's a great time. It's a weird time to be uh, in the city of Philadelphia because, like, things are going well, and we don't know how to process that. No, no. The only way to process it is chaos and destruction. And just climbing grease poles. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Yeah, you follow sports really well. I don't. I Like, I liked the Yankees as a kid, and I guess I still like the Yankees. I just don't fucking know anything. It's hard to follow. You guys, it's fun to follow because you win. Well, no, I'm not, not, re- Aaron. It's been a long couple of years since the, since, uh, it's been a long couple of years. This is deserved, but like, it's been a long time coming. Hard earned, hard earned victories in the f- city of Philadelphia. Is this what you're excited about this spooky week? This is exactly what I'm excited about on this most spooky of weeks is, uh, just watching some shit happen. He's watching some sports and like yeah. watching victory come to the great city of Philadelphia. God damn it. It's great. It, it's fun. Like, Philly is, as we all know, the hardworkingest, most most charismatic city the world has ever known because of uh, three million years ago. I don't know if you know this, listener. Three million years ago, when uh, Gritty landed on what would become the Flyer Stadium, he infused the land with a, an unburning fire. It's kind of like Gandalf's Ring of Fire, where it, like it, it lifts the spirits of everyone around him. Very similar to Gritty. What I'm saying is Gritty wields a ring of power. This That tracks. That tracks. Uh... <laughs> If you'd like to learn more about that, you can tune into Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. I assume that he's going to show up in the last episode and throw some hands. It's going to yep. be great. The season's already over because they, they added Gritty in, and we all know that he already put Sauron in the backbreaker, like a, a, the death of the death <laughs> of Batman, and it's it's over. Nuked him. Nuked him. 
But that's dope. I love, I enjoy sports. I love fall because it does mean World Series. It's like, it, it's like this, it's this very peak fall moment when the World Series starts, where it truly starts getting fucking cold, but mm-hmm. it's exciting because baseball is fun. I Baseball's like baseball. fun. Baseball's great. Aaron, what's getting you excited this, this week? What's getting me excited this week are days off. Um, hey, everyone. I'm going to, by tomorrow, have worked 74 hours in one week. Uh, that's a lot. Don't do what I do, kids. But I'm going to Big Bad Con in San Francisco on Wednesday, I think. Yeah, Wednesday, uh, to run a fantasy bingo. Uh, and then I'm going to L.A. so me and Banana Chan can try to film a game show pilot so we can sell it. And be cool. Hopefully a show called Playtest is on Netflix in a year or two. But anyway, that's what's getting me excited. So it's something we talk about a lot, working towards something. And like, you know, you might not always see results right away. This is the first time I'm going to a con as like a guest. And it's really cool to not go and like honestly be going just to network with people and try to get my work out there. You know what I mean? I get to actually have fun this time. I'm pretty excited. 100%. It's a great, it's a, it's a neat feeling. It's been a long time coming. I've been I've been putting in this fucking grind. And so it's nice to actually get a win for once. Mm-hmm. You know what you I mean? Like 100%. That validation is very important uh for me anyway. And it's just good to see the the reward, the fruits of your labors pay off even a little bit. Absolutely. Without a doubt. If you're at Big Bad Con, this episode's definitely coming out after. Uh so I hope we had a good time. Anywho, I want to dive in and create the greatest podcast of all time this week. Do you want to know what our prompt is, Jeff? I do want to know what our prompt is this week. It's from King and Commoner from our Discord channel. Prompt. They say, if you turn a jack-o'-lantern into a helmet, you can walk freely into the land of scarecrows. It's a good prompt. That has a lot of sick shit in it, I have to say. The vibes are there. I The vibes, the vibes are just here, and the vibes are good. So my question for you is... We talked about several different like traditions of jack-o'-lanterns and jack-o'-lantern carving in fantasy. What is this one? Because cl- my first images to get into the land of scarecrows, it's like, you know, in Zelda or like a big open world game where it's like you're not supposed to go into a, an area when you walk in, it like drains you of your life or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, or like there's a barrier around it to tell you like, don't fucking go in here yet. Or the enemies are super strong. I feel like you can't get into the land of Scarecrows without a jack-o'-lantern helmet. Oh, 100%. Like you you yeah, literally yeah. can't walk there without what? Fear of death? Let's go with it. I think it's good. I think it's yeah. spooky. Like, if you don't, if you do not have a carved jack-o'-lantern helmet, your life force literally drains until you fall down dead. Yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to go full horror movie with this. Oh, fuck yeah. Give me. Aaron, have you ever walked through a cornfield? I ugh, unfortunately I have, and it's terrifying. They're rough. It's the scariest thing in the world. <laughs> I am not so like I don't know if I've mentioned it. I know I've mentioned on Scared of the Dark on this podcast. I don't like the idea of like being followed. Mm-hmm. That's one of my biggest fears. Is like I don't even like someone walking behind me in like a stairwell. That that feeling of being chased is a big, big fear of mine. And corn mazes, if I hear a single sound, I'm shitting myself. 100%. 100%. So how does this tie in with the, oh God, give me, give me the deets. I want to give you these deets in this region, this area, like there are, there are things that'll grab you. It's not that your life force will be drained. It's that like, it's that like, if you are uh, unprotected, there's going to be like, a, there's a thing stalking in a cornfield that's going to grab you. Okay, may I make a pitch? Yes. 
So we talked about, and I think like it's 138, I don't know why I know that, that a Standy Pico is what we know as a scarecrow, but they are called Brussels sprouts in our world because you plant them to like protect the crops and protect every, like your home. Yeah. So perhaps, perhaps a scarecrow is like, because we've talked about how pumpkins and fantasy are like this cosmic force, you know what I mean? They, they're the joyous orb episode. We talk about how like they're kind of this like, powerful phenomenon like otherworldly presence which is hilarious perhaps the land of scarecrows is somewhere where like entities who don't fuck with that put them as like i'm thinking like um like vlad the impaler like uh like heads on poles this mm-hmm. would be like p- come pumpkins on scarecrow looking structures as if to say like you know anybody who fucks with the joyce orb or like pumpkins which are beacons of like fantasy and light and happiness this is a place where, like, they come to life and, like, attack you. And so it's someone wearing this jack-o'-lantern head to kind of blend in with the scarecrows. Or is it, like, a, a holy helmet that keeps you safe, like Zelda? I'm thinking it through. Is it a disguise or, like, a talisman? I'm kind of envisioning it a little bit more like a disguise. Okay. And what I'm in- and I really want to pull on the idea that, like- Because here's the thing, Aaron, like- the visual that you just described, like a scarecrow with a big pumpkin head, like yes. lurking in a cornfield. Yes. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. It's called the land of scarecrows, according to the prompt. And I imagine this region of, is it corn as high as the eye can see? And like what dwells in there, it feels like a horror video game. Yeah. It's a horror thing. Like it's this, it's this, it's air, it's like cornfields and wheat fields and tall grasses. And there's just like, stuff lurking in it and the visual that i get is like freaky ass scarecrows coming to coming to grab you unless like coming to grab you unless you put a scare unless you put a pumpkin on your head and you you just like learn to like move through these areas where like things just like pop up and try to grab you it's real horror movie shit okay so why do you need because it says you have to carve a jack-o'-lantern helmet so you have to find a pumpkin which might not be the easiest thing we can decide that a carve a pumpkin into a helmet and a jack-o'-lantern, so you have a face as a helmet, and that's the only way that you can, what, survive? What is the prompt? Uh, they say if you turn a jack-o'-lantern into a helmet, you can walk freely into the land of scarecrows. So maybe that's just the way you get the fuck in, and then you still have to survive the gauntlet of hell. That's pretty sick. Well, it says walk freely. It says walk freely, so maybe it's that, like, we've said that pumpkins are like a beacon of light, right? Yeah, they're pretty much like a symbol of what we'll call good. So, like, if you if you carve out this pumpkin and you plop it on your head and you, like, you surround yourself with this energy, that's you can move freely and it gives you this sense of, like... You are walking with the light? Like, are you... The will of the planet is at your back? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm pulling at things and I'm trying to find the... The, the angle that is most appealing to me. I have, a, I have a pitch. Hit me. Just to kind of throw out a hodgepodge. In my head, I'm carving out this jack-o'-lantern helmet, right? And I place it on my head, funk, and it has a face in it. What that is, TBD. Perhaps you can only see the entrance to the land of scarecrows once that's on your head. Because you're basically looking out the visor of a oh, helmet. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this I'm gonna make this spooky. Okay. Because I like that. Because we've said that scare jack-o'-lanterns in other parts of fantasy. You carve it and you can like speak to ghosts or like or like ward off ghosts. I don't remember the exact details, but there was like a there's like an element there, right? Yeah, there's an element of like passing it. This is a Whisper Gourd episode of like, you know, passing secrets to it, a voice answers back, you know, a voice in the dark type thing. 
So there is like a craft you can learn of like carving a face in a jack-o'-lantern, putting the pumpkin on your head, stepping into the land of jack-o'-lanterns, which are these haunted fields. These you mean haunted the land of plains. scarecrows? Yes, the land of scarecrows, which are these haunted fields, haunted <laughs> plains, haunted tall grasses, corn fields, wheat fields. And Aaron, it's not that it like wards you off. It's not that it guards you. It's not that you can. It's not that you. It's not that it gains you entrance. It's that you can see the things walking in the cornfield. Okay, because I, not to keep hammering on Lord of the Rings, it reminds me of when you put on the ring, you can see the Wraith world. Yeah. And like beings belonging in the Wraith world. It's very similar where like you, there. that means, okay, that's some shit. Because what you're implying is that like it's all around you. Like there's just stuff stalking in the corn. Like there's stuff stalking oh. in the wheat. There's just. Okay. There are things that will grab you. That is so sexy, Jeff, because basically what you're saying is. To the naked eye, it's just a cornfield, it's just high wheat, it's a forest, but if you put on this helmet, you can you can stand in and enter and view the land, it's called the Land of Scarecrows, which is basically like bizarro horror dimension of like the world we know. It's like the world, yeah, and, and it's it's kind of specific to this one region, right? Like the Land of Scarecrows is like a, a particularly haunted set of fields and and plains and forests and such Mm -hmm. but they are but there are things that stalk in that area that can only be spotted if you if you can see them from the exact right angle and to see them at that angle requires like it's almost like they are 3d or like 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 the red blue 3d or like viewing a solar eclipse that you can only see it through this layer of obstruction and that like that rep that is that is like through this like intricate carved like ritual of carving into a pumpkin you wear the pumpkin and you can see these scarecrow like they look like scarecrows i'm imagining them being very tall like you know long clawed fingers walking kind of like remember when that almost stop motion horror movement and like the conjuring when things would run it's very twisty bendy very 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 slender manny very slender manny with do they have pumpkin heads i think think they've got to have pumpkin heads right yes and i feel like the face in those jack-o'-lanterns is like for lack of a better term like blasphemous that's been carved into them that's turned oh see I think that it's the screaming face of the last person that they grabbed. Oh, fuck. God I mean, it's, that, that is itself blasphemous, but like. Yeah, because I'm, I'm feeling like because the, the symbol of a jack-o'-lantern is like one of light and good. So this is kind of like taking one and like, you know, turning it evil. Is that the vibe? Like by literally consuming someone and stealing their face. That feels good. That feels good. Like that feels like it feels good to just have this be like a like a horrifying thing that you kind of have to navigate around. Yeah. And like the way that you navigate, I mean the first way you navigate around it is that you you have to be able to see it. Yeah, and if it, unless otherwise you just get like scooped up by like invisible beasts. Like you know that horror movie uh trope where it's like, you know, the person is standing and then just you watch them get like ripped off in a direction yeah like a quiet place that happens a lot yeah you see that a lot where it's just like (gasps) yeah they just zip away out of frame i feel like that happens all the fucking time in the land if you go to the land of scarecrows unequipped like you're not gonna it's impossible like you're not gonna make it at all Mm -hmm. it's like do you do you ever play super nintendo's a link to the past yes 
Do you remember when you go to the dark world without the moon pearl, you're just a bunny and you can't use any of your weapons? Yeah. 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 I think of that. We're like going to the land of scarecrows. Like you, you have nothing. You have absolutely no way to defend yourself or survive. You're just going to get absorbed into that. You become a scarecrow. Yeah. hundred percent. Is that it? Like, do you become the scarecrow beast? Um, or is it just mm. steals your face? I kind of like that it just, like, that's fucking terrifying if it just straight up steals your face. Yeah, like, you just become this screaming, smiling, happy jack-o'-lantern carving, glowing with a fire. And I love that it also keeps in the nice, uh, in line with the jack-o'-the-lantern trope of, like, you know, there's, like, a burning piece of coal inside a jack-o'-lantern that shows off the face. Yeah. So, I have to ask you, then, how the fuck did the Land of Scarecrows get to be this way, and why are they there? Great question. You know, because if it's you say you're describing cornfields, wheat, that's farms, baby. That means these are like, you know, farms and forests and maybe like old orchards, like places where things were grown are now full. It's obviously like abandoned, like you see ruins of barns and like outhouses. And if you were to wear the jack-o'-lantern helmet, you'd see like these prowling, twisty, bendy beasts sprinting and running and like, you know, perched on top of rooftops in a little squat, like waiting for prey to come by. But like, what the fuck happened? (laughs) Question, is it a demon? Is it something interplanar? Is it something older and more ancient? Is it a curse? Like, did someone fuck up with a spell? You know what I mean? And make this place all fucked up? Did they try to cast the, what's, what's the most Halloween spooky thing? You know, is a portal to hell? <laughs> I am so like let's let's do it this way, I think. What's the last what's the last like horror thing that you really, really vibed with? Like what's the, the last thing you watched, whether or not it's like one of your favorites or just like a thing that you watched? What's the last thing that you watched? Even if it sucked, what's the last thing that you watched? Uh the the last the latest conjuring. Okay. Give me the give me the rundown. So what happens is there's a family in a house and it's like the kids getting fucking haunted. The huge. And underneath the house, like under the floorboards was basically like a satanic totem that like kept ghosts there. And basically it allowed the passage of like demons like the totem, I think, created a gateway or something like that, which I don't hate as a trope. I just hated the movie. The movie, yeah. Um, so I have been watching, uh, Jen and I have been watching uh, the Junji Ito uh, anthology on Crunchyroll, and it's sick. What's the last one you saw that you liked? The uh, God, I mean, they're all, like, they're very, very good, and I'm trying to think this through. What's your favorite trope so far? Like, thing you're like, that's clever. I like you know that. What I, you know what I really liked, and I kind of want to, like, build build a little bit of that, like, conjuring thing into it? There's, like, a thing that Junji Ito stories do where, like, a thing happens and you just become so, like, it's kind of the Uzumaki, like, you become entranced by a spiral and it just slowly, like, devours you, right? Mm, Yes. And there was one that we just listened to where it was, or just watched, it was, like, a short we just watched that was, like, somebody had found a record that, like, a jazz singer recorded moments after, like, moments after being murdered. Yeah. So it's like clearly the ghost of her singing it. And if you listen to it, you become so obsessed with it. You become like murderously willing to protect it. Oh, okay. I like it. So what I want to say is that like, what if these are ghosts in the sense of like possessed by uh, like the, the need to hold or like something has entranced something 
to such a degree that like it that like they've transcended time and space and become something else. I have a I have a great idea for that. Yeah. So long ago, in a town whose name has lost is lost through history, they figured out how to make perfect, perfect crops. These vegetables they never rot, they never wither, they come back every year. They are incredible. But they would these people would not share their secrets, their farming techniques and closed off to the rest of the world. Like no trading, no bartering, no nothing. And everyone in this town became kind of obsessed with guarding this secret and guarding the secret of these crops in the way that it became this like almost murderous intent of like trespassers, like the paranoia of everyone coming to get the secrets, coming to steal the crops, that anyone who is a passerby was attacked by spells, monsters, whatever. I don't know them. But mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of lingering anger and resentment for the rest of the world coming to take their shit and like steal their perfect vegetables and they, their their inability to share has kind of like bound them into this over time. I feel like maybe changed them into this form of the scarecrow. Yeah, I like that. That's pretty cool. I wanted to come from a place where like you're an asshole, yeah, basically. Yeah. And the idea of you can't even enter the sca- the land of the scarecrow freely. Like it's that closely guarded that the their anger and resentment and paranoia has literally twisted this land out of sight unless you have something to pierce through this like you know veil type thing. And it's created this twisted hell dimension where the crops look great. I feel like in the real world, if you look at it, it's like withered corn. And like empty fields are rotted away for it looks like a haunted town. You know, if I were to look at it with the naked eye. Yeah. But if I put on the jack-o'-lantern helmet, I see like corn nine feet high that the orchards are blossomed, but they're guarded by, you know, these horrifying scarecrow jack-o'-lantern monsters. I like that. I really, really like that. Dope. Um, so why who is this person who puts on is there a person who puts on the helmet? Do people do this? I think people do this. I think like it's a it is a local there's a town of people that this is the local tradition. And it's okay. the local tradition Fuck. because like <laughs> this is the most dangerous shit. <laughs> it's the local tradition to like put on these pumpkin helmets because like for reasons they have to like pass through some of these fields and things. Oh baby. Okay. Wait, because nothing hurt. Oh, because also it would kill you if you need to be able to see them. Yeah, you oh. need to be able to see them. If like it's it's not even necessarily that you're fighting them. You need to be able to see them so that you know where how to avoid like run past them and avoid them. Okay, so I have a I have an idea. In the theme of autumn and seasonality, they need something. This community specifically needs something that grows only in the land of scarecrows, bizarro, terrifying land, because it's so fertile. In the every year, they have to go get it and harvest it without being murdered. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, I feel like either they die, the town fails. It's something more than just like stealing crops. It's something of like more of like it's literally needed for their life force. Maybe. <laughs> Something because it's like, why did what the fuck would you risk this? And I'm thinking it has to be something of great need to fucking juke out a bunch of scarecrow monsters and move, unless you're just passing through. Is it migratory? 
This I'm sitting with this. I'm sitting with I I What's the I, scariest option? See, the scariest option to me is the reality where like where this is not like a ritual and this is daily existence. Oh, okay. So to like it's a <laughs> are these people who like live in the land of scarecrows and to leave the house it's like I'm thinking quiet place. They have to like cover the ground with fucking sand or salt or whatever. Yeah, and, like you know, learn sign language, blah, blah blah. It's like there's a secluded town that like to get to other towns and to get like water and that idea that they have to do this and they have to embark on this and they have to like traverse through this horror escape. It's so much scarier if the things that they have to go get are like we harvested some we harvested some corn and we have to trade it with a town over. Mmm. I'm still kind of pulling on Juji Ito because it's been okay, on my please. brain. There, there's this idea that like that that like acceptance of a cursed reality is itself incredibly terrifying. I, I support this very much, and especially from a fantasy world kind of element where perhaps perhaps the the we said originally it was like a, the entire town figured out this, um you know, way of preserving crops and is like super greedy. What if it was just like one family? But once they take you, you basically join the family. That's really great. Yeah, I think like that very, what's called urban horror? Yeah. Where it's like, you know, the spooky family out on the farm that's like, you know, collecting body, like Leatherface. You know what I mean? It's very like on a farm, blah, blah. So I feel like long ago there was this family who figured out how to grow this crop. And when people were like, great, the town is fucking saved. Holy shit, we're going to change the fucking world with this crop that never withers, never rots. They're like, fuck off, it's ours. And if you try to get it, we'll fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. And so eventually that family never died and was twisted into this scarecrow beast that literally phased out of dimensions. But that means the rest of the city, town, what have you, is still fucking there. And their descendants now have to live amongst this family who, if you go trespassing, onto their property without the proper uh, protection of this helmet, you're joining the team. You know, and you're you're getting stolen. To push it even further, these were some these were some wealthy assholes. Of, oh, yeah. And that sense of paranoia, like they they were like, no, this is ours. Like we we made this. Like they they yeah. they made this. And they they became more and more secluded until like like they had converted their farm that they grew this one rare crop into like a colossal like fact like kind of like brutalist factory farm. Yes, I honestly think of like a uh, a natural fortress, you know, industrial compound. And one day it was just gone. Ooh. Like they just kept getting more and more secluded, more and more paranoid, more and more like aggressive and violent until one day the whole building, like uh like a big ass like industrial warehouse with yeah. combines and oh, processors yeah. and like big fucking the kind of like urban urban like uh environment or like industrial park environment that we don't describe a lot of on this podcast. And then one day it was just gone and there were just cornfields and wheat fields and tall grass. I like this a lot. But like as you walk through it, people get dragged off and get ripped into shreds and if you put on the the pumpkin and you look at just the right angle, you see that this horrifying brutalist consuming the environment factory farm is still all around you and that like they had just become so paranoid that someone was going to take what is theirs and was going to like encroach on 
their business and on their profits that they became so paranoid and secluded that they willed into being a little space in nowhere where the only pe where only they could even get to their 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 place of business and eventually working in that space turned them into you know that that paranoia became so all consuming that they became these wandering scarecrow creatures is there a way to fight back is there a way by putting on this helmet is it about avoiding or does every year the weird what do we call it the land of scarecrow like grow I'm thinking like, you know, does this farmland, this like twisted hellscape, does it encroach on the town that's currently there and the town has to like thresh it back? I like that. I like the I like the threshing it back. I like the expanding the visual of like a person has to deliver a package. Yeah. From inside this small town to the others to like a community on the other side of the land of scarecrows. Yeah. And they get there and they fight their way through and they're almost grabbed and they've got the pumpkin. They shed their helmet. They stumble their way through. And then they look around at this like like this nice little riverside community and there are little crops of corn popping up and they're like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Like, that's good horror. Do we want to marry it with fantasy, the horror, in the idea that. Is it not like a mascot, but like, say you, you describe someone as having to deliver a package and they have to make it through hell, right? Mm-hmm. Are you always accompanied by like an escort, someone who dons the, the, the jack-o'-lantern helmet and like fights back the scarecrows so that that person can safely pass? Or is it like a guide? You know, is someone like escorting you or is it just like, you know, you put on this helmet and you run for your fucking life? You know, or is it like Aaron knows the way? Aaron knows how to fight a motherfucking scarecrow. So I'm like, Jeff, I'll take you to the post office. Funk. I put it on. I basically drag you across the hell dimension, get you to let her and get you back. Aaron, it's been a while. <laughs> like, I'm just now realizing that, like, it's it's been a decent long while before I've said what I'm about to say to you. I feel like I feel like I haven't dropped this card in a while. I'm ready. Please do, Seto. It's a little bit of both. Oh, <laughs> uh, OK. Because my idea is like the people of... What's the name of the town that dwells in the land of the scarecrow in the land of scarecrows? The town on the edge of the land of scarecrows. It's called Pumpkin's Eye. Pumpkin's Eye. I dig it. I dig it because you have to look through them in order yeah. to see yep. in order to see the land of scarecrow. And so I feel like what we're picturing here is in Pumpkin's Eye. There's this. It's a nice, cute town. You know, I'm thinking like you know. Typical fantasy town. It's cute. It's amazing. There's a tavern. There's an inn. You know, all sorts of fun shit. They might have a casino. Who knows? But there's an area that's what? In the center of town? On the outskirts of... Oh, I have it. Uh, Pumpkin's Eye is a little peninsula. Mm -hmm. And it was named that because it's kind of shaped like... uh, There's a big lake in the middle that's a triangle. Like a typical jack-o'-lantern's eye. Right? Mm -hmm. Maybe the water is like tinged a little orange. It glows in the sunlight. So it looks like there's a light behind a jack-o'-lantern's eye. Name that. So it's a peninsula. So to get through to the rest of the world, unless you take a ship, I feel like by foot, you have to pass through the land of scarecrows to reach anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's become this barrier where in, in its heyday, when Pumpkin's Eye was, you know, a normal place, this family was just, you know, everybody was farming. And I feel like that's the family that was supplying the town with amazing vegetables, was super generous. It w- was amazing. Was like 
Imagine if factory towns, uh, I mean, company towns of like the, you know, Pennsylvania coal miner era weren't fucking evil. Whereas like, no, no, you can live here for fucking free. We'll build you a house. We have tons of resources, tons of fucking money, whatever. Here's all this stuff. Here's all the crops you'll ever need. Anytime you need anything, you come to us. But until the discovery was made of, you know, the, I don't, what, I don't know, magic food. What's the discovery? Let's think of a good name for like, is it a spell that like blessed the food? Hmm. Is it just a farming technique? I want it to be like a thing. Did they find like a totem? Did they find a thing? I don't want it to be a food necessarily. No. But I do want it to be something that can be like harvested and Mm. like can be like gathered. Maybe it's a, a plant that grows like a particular root. And if you pull the root out of the ground, the root has these like bulbous kind of like root bulb structures on it that like whisper to you okay hearing them because they kind of last for a little while because you've pulled a root bulb out of the ground it's gonna die soon it whispers to you until it dies and that and and they became and like there's a like a novelty to it right like it's not inherently like there's no that's not the secrets of the universe it's just their ability to create this and to like to to sell it for lack of a better way to put it they they corporatized the entire thing to like harvest the song bulbs okay so song bulbs they sing they speak to you information or just speak to you i think information okay so what my pitch is is song bulbs are the bulb of the dagger root plant the dagger root plant is named that way because above the ground it's this really pretty hilt with like a silvery stem my image is it's kind of beckoning you to pull it out like sword in the stone, but mm-hmm. it's kind of small, like a little dagger handle. Like it even has little finger grooves, like it wants you to pull it out. And then once you do, it gives you what? Information on what? Oh, I, I get it. It gives you information on how to use it. I feel like for a long, long time, people were just cutting the stem off of dagger root, you know, grinding it up and no one could find a fucking use for this thing. It grows everywhere. It's like this weed. It's not invasive, but it's just kind of everywhere. It's kind of useless. It has like a pretty okay looking flower once it matures. But one day this family pulls it up, root and all. And at the end of this dagger root, at the end of this blade like stem that goes way further into a ground than I think people thought, it comes to a point like a blade. And at the end is a bulb. And I feel like it whispers to you how it's meant to be used. It wants to be used, I'm thinking. Like mm-hmm. it teaches you how to grind it up. And like if you rub the salve of of my oils onto other plants, we'll last forever. We'll last longer. And so are were these people kind of spoken to by the song the bulb song bulb of the dagger root in order to like create like basically fertilizer or like an ointment to feed to the crops of the town of Pumpkin's Eye? Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. And the bulb kind of showed them how to make plants that don't wither, don't rot. They grow so strong. Because we've talked in the past about halfling farming and farming in fantasy in general is about like loving plants and making them magic and like, you know, bringing out their innate inner strength. This is like cheating. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's kind of, it, it's creating something that should not be, you know, it's not natural. It's otherworldly, in fact, maybe. Like it's not of fantasy. And I like that. It's where it's, it's bad you know what i mean to do this Mm -hmm. is it bad to do this um not inherently but people made it bad i like that i think that's a i i'm kind of i was leading in that direction of like 
this if it just is a thing that tells you secrets and they were like okay well then pull up all the fucking roots start collecting all the daggers we can oh but like what if it was bad i fuck with an evil plant when you have many and i like an evil plant this family this this family of farmers they pull up one of these roots and it gives them a whisper whispered like you know if you spread this it'll make an incredible ointment but you can't tell anybody if you tell anybody it It won't work work anymore it tells you a secret and if you tell that secret if it becomes public knowledge the power is gone that's why they're called like they're called song bulbs Mm -hmm. basically spreading it as a song not good (laughs) okay something's starting to take shape okay it's called a song bulb because, like, it doesn't really, like, say anything, at least in its its popular usage. Because, like, you can cut a dagger root, make a nice little flower, you pot, you pot the plant, it makes a nice little flower. If eventually you do pull out the root and you are, like, among people, it just kind of makes, like, a, ah, like, it makes, like, a little, like, pleasant, like, fun little, like, song noise. You know like what I mean? Hum- it hums a little tune, like a little ditty. Yeah, you just kind of hear it hum. But, like... If you do it alone Ooh. in the dead of night, in the peak of harvest season, or like the peak of the low season. When they're like the ripest, when they're at the peak yeah. of like when they ma- their maturity. And you pluck it alone in the dead of night, like when the moon is highest in the sky, it'll whisper to you. It'll whisper to you a secret and it'll say like, but if you tell anyone, it won't work. Dang. And this family, they were told like, you can make an ointment out of this and it would make you so much money. But if you tell anybody anybody gets word of it it won't work and they kept that secret and they kept it increasingly well until the until their farm itself was sucked into a void and if you put on a pumpkin helmet you can look around and see like this massive compound farm and wherever you see these wherever you see these cornfields and wheat fields popping up in the pumpkin's eye peninsula like you put on the helmet you see compound like you see factory farm popping And the thing that I wanted to double back on is that like somewhere deep in the deep in the bowels of fantasy buried somewhere in a cave, the elder plant demon that has spawned the dagger root. Give it to me, Jeff. Yes. So before we get into that, because I want to, may I may I hit you with something that I thought of? Yeah. When you visit the town of Pumpkin's Eye long ago. This family, we said we were providing, they were providing the town with everything they could ever need, free of charge, just giving because they were great at farming, they were great at managing shit, and they just wanted to help out. Once the song of the dagger root plant, the song bulb, whispered to them under the full moon that like, you don't need to be giving this stuff away. In fact, I can help you make your plants even stronger, even hardier. You can share that with the outside world. You could trade your plants and make enough to make you and your family. Like, I feel like profit margins at the pumpkin, pumpkin's eye farm, razor sharp, razor thin. I, I, I want to, I want to throw out that like, if they were, if they were sharing it, it was like a co-op community and these are the fuckers that brought capitalism into it. That's what I mean. That's what yeah. I mean. But what I'm saying is like, they made just enough for the town to get by and thrive, but no yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, like not more. So pro- the profits, meaning like you know, inventory and amount of plants grown, is just enough. Oh yeah, like they they made enough. They made enough for their needs. They made enough to like trade with maybe a community uh, a nearby. But like yep. they made it. They made as much as they needed and nothing more. But now, thanks to this salve and this magical thing, just the idea of becoming bigger and bigger and bigger just consumed them. And so what I will say is. 
perhaps, how, what, how does this feel? In the town of Pumpkin's Eye, there is a jolly, adorable little farm where the dagger roots grow and the corn is high. It never matures enough to make any corn anymore. Pumpkin patch doesn't grow pumpkins anymore. Tomato plants are barren. They're green, but there's no fruit on them. And in that house is said to live a little secluded family. You know, everything looks kind of jolly, though. No one ever sees them. But if you put on the pumpkin, you see it for what it really is. And it's this factory. It's almost like rotating the world upside down and flipping it to what it really is. Is it scarier that it's just a regular ass fucking farm that's happy and jolly? But if you get too close to it, you're snatched and you die. Or is it a haunted, terrifying forest of doom? I I like that it's like... It's the farm on the far, it's like the farm on the far edge of town. Like, nobody goes by there without, like, a helmet. Like, if you are from out of town, people will just not talk about that farm, right? And I think that the rest of the town still lives with exactly what they need and nothing more. Oh, absolutely. They don't play games. And, like, but you can see this, like, nice farm with these big billowing cornfields, and you see this little nice quaint cottage, and you probably have the impulse to be like, well, why don't we, why don't, why don't they share? Why don't we go share with them? Like, why don't we speak? And like, oh, we don't. There's no, there's no one in there. Like, that house has been abandoned for generations. Yeah, like, those, those cornfields might look high, but there's no actual corn in them. It's all to kind of, I feel like, luring it's almost very alluring to like come closer so that you can get snatched up yeah like come take a look like come and see there's plenty of corn and then once you get too close an arm reaches out of the cornfield and grabs you by the time you notice that it's actually barren it's already too late and i feel like a phrase in fantasy about this town is looking at things through a pumpkin's eye is a phrase of like almost the grass is always greener on the other side where it's like because once you or like looking a gift horse in the mouth because the closer you fucking get, you might notice that it's really all bullshit in there. Mm-hmm. That it's actually just trying to lure you in and destroy you because the people responsible have already fucked themselves. And they're just trying to pull you into like their scheme, their grift, their yeah. darkness. Yeah. I really... Fu- oh, can we talk about really before we wrap the ritual of carving this fucking jack-o'-lantern helmet? Yeah. yeah, yeah. How the fuck? What the fuck? Do you have any ideas of, like, carving this face, why the face is important, what it looks like? I know I'm sure it varies, but, like, what are your initial thoughts? What are my initial thoughts? I have one. Hit me. In the town, originally, this family, we're not even going to fucking name them. Fuck them. They could be the, the, um, the Scarecrow family, for all I care. But in this town, the one thing that they could never get to grow were pumpkins. The only thing that the town excelled at. The family grew everything else. Because they're beacons of fucking light, these things, these jack, these big fucking orange orbs, these beautiful pumpkins, the town was great at that. And I feel like the family and the the farm family was amazing at growing other things because that's kind of that's kind of my little metaphor of like only people not wrapped up in this bullshit can peek through. You know what I mean? Like pumpkins grow on the outside in, in the town, but at the edge is where everything else grows. Yeah, I really like that. Is that where the relate I think that's where the relationship between the family and the town started, where in the confines of the town, pumpkins grow freely. It's a town that like we know is like blessed by the planet and is a beacon of light. I feel like all beacons of light have a couple pumpkins in them. Anyway, but how does that tie in? What's with the carving? Was it used to like honor those who were taken by the by the scarecrow family? You know, is it something to scare them off? 
Like you carve a scary face in and you wear it. I like that. I, I now that you said it, I really like that. Like you scarve, you carve a, a a spooky face to scare away the ghosts that want to that want to drag you off. And it also would be cool to the the typical tradition of leaving a jack o' lantern, you know, to scare away it, in our world. It's like to scare away evil spirits. It would be to ward off basically their capitalistic expansion of like if you put a jack o' lantern out on your ground, like on your house. That factory stays within its confines. Yeah. It can't encroach any further on our town because they'll see it and get scared off and back away. And if you want to go into it, so basically it's not like a protective aura. It essentially allows you to see them. Yeah. 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 It's and does it frighten away scarecrows or no? I mean, you know, when you're in there, I don't think it frightens them away. I think that you still got to fucking whether you're fighting them off, whether you're whether you're murking them, fighting them off, running them away like. I think it's still, I think all it does is like allow, you put it on and you see through the pumpkin's eye and you see the farm for the, the, you know, looming factory wasteland that it is. And you see the scarecrows. It lets you know where they are so you can get away from them. And I think it gives you a personal strength. Like it, it, even if it's just a placebo effect, you carve into the pumpkin like what you want. If you want to carve a happy face, it's like, because I'm going to show those fuckers that I smile in the face of their bullshit. Or you carve something scary because you're like, I want the last thing they see when they see me taking my friends across this gauntlet is this terrifying face to know, fuck you, I'm not going to fight back. So it's kind of to fire you up and show, it's kind of whatever message you want to send to the beings within the land of the Scarecrow. Yeah, that feels great. It just makes you feel good. It's like a suit of armor that bears your crest. The face that you carve is like your crest that day, that year, that season. In some families, I feel like we only carve happy faces. We only carve angry faces. It, you know, it varies. It's a symbol of strength and defiance, I think, in this town. I like that. I fuck with that. Ooh, is that a wrap? I got a wrap. Holy shit. Thank you so much, King and Commoner, for your prompt. I loved The Land of Scarecrow. I love this spooky story. I love I love it so much. Thank you so much for submitting that. Uh, if you'd like to submit a prompt of your own, there's a gajillion ways you can do it, and they're all really spooky and scary. You can uh, enter into our haunted Discord by Ooh. going to bit.ly slash AMFC Discord and posting in the prompt submission channel. Uh, you can send us an email even from beyond the grave, Ooh. though I hope not. Uh, but I you hope could, not. <laughs> you could do so. You would do so at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. Yeah. You could also uh, conduct the horrifying ritual of posting on Facebook uh, by going to facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. Or you could do the scariest thing of all. Be on Twitter. Ah! No, you cannot be. And post at amfc underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasychildren. Dang. Thank you, Jeff. All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the One Shot Podcast Network, a group of horrifying ghosts and ghouls that peer through the veil of douchey gatekeeping and tabletop and tabletop adjacent content. And they draw their fiery blade as they place the jack o' lantern upon their head. They see through the bullshit of the tabletop space and say, Nay, we shall create content that is fair, kind, and inclusive, that banishes all the ghouls of dickheadery back to the bowels of twitter return to the shadow from whence you came but anyway that's like our that's our podcast parents the one shot podcast network and we're proud to be a part of them because they represent 
all that we are on AMFC, they reflect our views of being cool, being nice, and not hurting anybody when you make stuff. And we like that. So thanks, One Shot Podcast Network, for, for being our podcast parents. Jeff has 30 podcasts. Jeff, which one would you like to talk about today? Uh, let's talk about Party of One. It is an actual mm. play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week on the show, I play a game with a friend. Uh, we share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. New episodes drop every week at partyofonepodcast.com. Bang. Every episode, we like to give a verbal hug before we say goodbye, where we talk about something that's been on our mind lately that we want to share with you that hopefully resonates in you, makes you feel good, makes you feel powerful, hopeful, emotional, whatever. Depends on what we're feeling. We're the boss. Jeff, do you have a verbal hug this week? You know, I do, Aaron. I I just wrapped uh, a session of the Tabletop Mentorship Program. Sick as fuck. And um, I really want to say, like, share your skills, share your passions, share your experiences. Like, if like, uh, regardless of where you are in your journey, there are things that you know. Uh, there there are very possibly things that you know that other people along their journey might not. And yeah, you being able to share them is like an incredible way to brighten your own journey, brighten other people's uh experiences. Um, it's just a wonderful thing. You're also going to realize that you know a lot more than you think you do. And also, That's true. if there are things that you don't know, if there are, if there are uh, skills that you are hoping to develop, if there are things that you are struggling with in your own work, whether that is creative work, work work, or whatever, you can ask. Like, asking for help is an incredibly powerful thing, and, like, the, the connections that we form by bringing by like sharing what we know and lifting each other up creates a profound experience that really can't be put into words. It's true. It is. I couldn't agree more as someone who uh, started from literally nothing in this podcast space. And like Jeff taught me how to use audacity and edit and post and, uh, you know, host a podcast and meaning the act of putting it on the internet and all that intricate stuff. There would be none of this show if Jeff was not generous with the knowledge he has. So I'm trying to also pay that forward always. If anybody ever has questions about like starting a show, offering advice, you know, the do's and don'ts, it's kind of a big reason why we have the verbal hug is I always want to be transparent with Jeff and I about like what it's actually like making things and the things that go on in our lives and not just being bobblehead Muppets who like say goofums. We're like, yeah, there's real people behind the microphone and that goes to real people online striving to make things. So lend a hand, you know, mm-hmm. and sharing information is the way to get more content that if you want, oh man, I wish there was more stuff that kind of resonates with me, blah, 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 blah. Help out fucking creators that you respect and that re- make stuff that resonates with you. And, you know, give give help to people who might need it in terms of getting on their feet and getting their projects made and getting their voice heard. And that way, you know, everybody can have a space and hang out and make cool shit. I don't know, but it's it's like Jeff said, like passing that information has a profound effect that resonates outward and affects those around you. Like putting on a jack-o'-lantern helmet, seeing through bullshit of bad content and bad doers and uniting as a town to kick the shit out of them or helping someone and escorting them through the nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what we're talking about here. So go do that. Don your jack-o'-lantern helmet Help a friend put on theirs. Help a friend carve the image that they want to make and see through the bullshit and carve a future for yourselves. Love it. Fuck yeah. 
That was good on my spooky children. I am terrified and hopeful. Terrified. <laughs> that all we do on this show? I think that's all we do on this show. So until next time, good, good night, night and good, good game. game. junior wizard senior wizard aaron here and i wanted to give a quick rundown of some stuff that we've been talking about lately like demons uh, a quick refresher the world of all my fantasy children is split into two planes with two opposing energies the material plane is dominated currently by chaos energy the cosmic plane its mirror counterpart is made up of order energy at the moment Everything in our show that involves fantasy, the universe, the stars, all of that is chaos energy. Every person, every plant, every tree made up of chaos energy. Demons, however, are energy from the cosmic plane, order energy, that have been given form and therefore directly oppose everything that is made of chaos, aka anything within fantasy. If you're new here, AMFC doesn't really have like a big bad Demons are terrible, they're fucked up, but they are sort of a naturally occurring force, not to keep things in balance, we're not that kind of show, but it's just something that's going to happen where order energy is going to seep into the material plane, and the forces of chaos, the heroes of fantasy, are going to fight it off, release it, send it back where it came, or just banish it into the ether. My point is, while demons are horrible assholes who cause fucking untold horrors in the world... Something that I find to be worse and would like to highlight more are those who wish to wield order energy against beings of fantasy. We've met Arcana Dim Day. If you've been listening to the show, we know about the greater Arcana, which are kind of Arcana Dim Day's little servants. We've heard learned about them in the Celeste Silvernia audio dramas. Go listen to those. They're bangers. But there are those who wield order energy to kind of dominate the material plane. The goal is to kind of revert this world to demon land, you know, kill everything, destroy everything that's chaos energy, replace it with order. Will that work? I don't even know. But the point is that they're assholes and that's their intention. And if you're an AMFC lore nerd, which I hope you are, like I am myself, um, basically how these people are doing this and wielding order energy is by drawing upon what's left of Sarath the Carrion King's energy. People like Arcana Dimday are wielding order energy against beings of fantasy and giving that energy, loaning pieces of essentially Serath's energy out to their followers, the greater Arcana, who wish to essentially destroy the planet. I just kind of wanted to clarify what like the big bad is because like, yeah, demons are fucking terrible and they're like naturally occurring forces of darkness and shadow. However, what's worse are the people who go, great, I want to do that and fight people from my own world and cause untold pain and suffering myself. Anywho, I hope you're enjoying the world of all my fantasy children continue to grow and develop and the lore gets more complicated and cooler because it's very much my shit. Anyway, this has been a lore dump from Aaron. Goodbye.